0: Well, good morning. I'm excited about that wrapping party at Western Hills. To be clear, that's wrapping gifts. It's not Jackson Sanford wrapping for us at the party. I just want to make sure we all understand. We might be able to figure that out. I'll work on that. But uh, man, it's going to be a fun holiday season. Looking forward to everything that Christmas brings. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Question, maybe the kids need to answer this. Did we have turkey? If you had turkey, raise your hand. Anybody out there? Okay, what about just smoked turkey? Anybody have smoked turkey? Oh yeah, yeah. Ham? Brisket? The real Texans out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I hope you enjoyed time with the ones that you love most. I'm excited to get uh, to bring the word this morning, um, but if you're new, I want you to know that typically our, our preaching comes from Pastor Rick via live stream from our, our broadcast campus in North Richmond Hill. So I hope you'll come back next week because he's going to be kicking off that series and uh, it'll be a blessing for you. So I want to dive right in this morning. We're going to spend some time in John chapter 5 if you want to follow along in your Bible. Starting in verse 1, it says this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an interesting question. Do you want to get well? Another version asks it this way, do you want to be healed? You know, at face value, it kind of seems like a silly question you would think that the answer for that man is obvious, right? He's been paralyzed for 38 years. But Jesus doesn't ask silly questions. And he knows that the answer isn't quite as easy as you and I might think. Jesus knows something significant that may be hard for you and I, To recognize, and that's this, not everyone who is sick wants to be healed. Being healed would change everything for this man, and maybe that's why he answers the way that he does. All of those years, he's thought about being healed. He dreamed of being healed. He imagined what it would be like if he were He's laid by that pool, just waiting for the opportunity for healing. And yet in that moment, Jesus knew that there were some deeper things going on. And everyone around him would have assumed, yes, of course he wants to be healed. Anyone standing there, any others lying around that pool would have likely jumped in immediately to answer for him. Of course, of course he wants to be healed. Yes! And we would answer the same way. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he want to be healed? Because it's really easy for us to see the ways that others need healing. But it's so much harder for us to see the ways... That we need healing. And while the physical healing that's needed by this man is significant, the spiritual healing he needs is even greater. And so, whether we admit it or not, we all have the same needs. For some of us, the physical healing that we need feels more pressing. Yet, all of our bodies are aging and decaying day by day. And in the end, the only solution for our physical bodies wearing out is Jesus. And even more than that, every single one of us is in need of spiritual healing. But recognizing our own need for healing is so much harder than seeing it in others. Because seeing our own brokenness is painful. And sometimes it takes work. So Kendall and I, uh, back in June, purchased a new house for our family. And I only use the word new to describe its relationship to us not its condition, because it is far from new in condition. In fact, we had multiple contractors who we brought through as we were thinking about the renovation who would kind of just stop and look and go, have you thought about just tearing it down? <laughs> Always encouraging when you're thinking about a new house you bought. But back in the beginning of July when our girls were, uh, we, they'd gone for a week to spend with my mom, Kendall and I, rented a dumpster when it was 100-plus degrees outside, and we started in on demo. We, uh, Yeah, looking good there. I always look better with a mask on my face, I think. We ripped out the old nasty carpet and all the other flooring. We started pulling out all the drywall, all the insulation. And if you've ever renovated a house before you know that it's when you start doing the demo that you find all the little surprises, right? All the things that um, you weren't necessarily expecting, the things that need attention that you weren't necessarily planning on addressing. We found major electrical issues. In fact, our electrician said, it's a miracle this place didn't burn down. We found broken studs and broken joists We found wide open holes just to the outside and down into the crawl space. And we found, now shh, don't tell my girls, a snake in the wall. Oh, it's Family Worship Sunday. They just heard that for the first time. (laughs) They're never gonna move in out there now. Uh, No, it it was long dead. It was mostly mummified, but it was a snake. But you know, our brokenness, is much the same we're really good at covering it up we throw some nice carpet over it we slap some drywall and paint up we go on about our business and as time passes we start to act like it's not there at all right because acknowledging it is painful but the truth is acknowledging it is the first step toward healing And Jesus asks, do you want to be healed? So let's keep reading. Verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So Jesus asks this direct question, do you want to be healed? And the man answers clearly and directly, yes, sir, I do want to be healed right now, right? That's what we'd expect. But that's not what the man says. Instead, he starts in on the reasons that he can't be healed. I have no one to help me into the water. And then people cut in front of me. I can't get there fast enough. I just don't have what it takes. Because acknowledging our brokenness can be so painful, and yet it's also such an important part of the process. Sometimes it's easier just to list the excuses why healing isn't for us. Jesus is asking, do you want to be healed? And so often... We respond with all the reasons we can't be. We may see our brokenness. We may see our need for healing. And yet, rather than facing the pain of another disappointment, of another pool that didn't offer what we thought it promised, we just have a list of excuses a list of excuses why we can't be healed and maybe the number one excuse we see in the world around us it's not my fault i don't have anyone to help me into the pool it's not my fault every time i get close somebody just cuts in front of me it's not my fault i was born this way it's just the way that i am i can't be anything different It's not my fault I'm bitter and angry and cynical all the time. It's just the way I am. It's not my fault I can't handle the pain and the stress and I drink to medicate it all away if you only knew how hard my life's been. It's not my fault that I work all the time and neglect everyone in my life who's important to me. If you only knew the pressure that I was under, it's not my fault. If you only knew how my parents treated me, if you only knew how hard my childhood was, it's just the way I am. It's not my fault. Friends, I don't want to in any way minimize any of the difficult things you may have experienced in your life. But at some point, we have to make sure that we aren't hanging on to the past as an excuse for why we can't experience the healing that Jesus offers. We all do it to some degree, and we have to stop. Do you want to be healed? If so, stop making excuses. Just own it. You've been masking the real brokenness in your life. The first step to healing is acknowledging what's really there. And maybe you need some help figuring that out. I did in my own life. The Hills has an incredible counseling department. We have some amazing counselors who can help you dig into what may be going on in you. What's the root of that addiction in your life? What's the root of the anger what's the lie that you've been believing what is the pool that you've been laying by sometimes the pool becomes the excuse because you can lay by the pool and act like you want to be healed and that keeps anyone around you from from stepping in to ask you hard questions That's just the guy sitting over there waiting for his healing. And everyone just keeps their distance and lets you wait. But not Jesus. He sees right through us. And deep down, we know that our healing doesn't come from a stinking pool. It comes from him. What do you think Jesus does next? sit down next to the man by the water, waiting for it to stir up so that he can help him get in? No. Let's continue in verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Jesus doesn't help the man into the water. He comes to him On his mat. The mat the man's laid on for so long and can't get off of in his own strength. Jesus meets him right there in the mess of his circumstances. And he speaks words of life and resurrection. Stand up. Pick up your mat. Walk. Now there are all kinds of places that we go thinking we might find healing but they are all just powerless pools jesus is the only source of true healing quit waiting by the pool and turn your eyes to jesus psalm 121 i lift up my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I don't know what pool you've been waiting by, but it's time to lift your eyes and look to Jesus. Now, I wonder why Jesus doesn't just simply say, be healed. He could have just said that, right? Why does he tell him, stand up, pick up your mat, walk? I think it's because So often in our healing, effort is often required. You know, we we tend to be people who love deep, profound answers, and yet we shrug off simple obedience. And there are certainly times where Jesus brings healing instantly and miraculously. I know people who have been healed instantly, delivered from addiction instantly, healed of cancer instantly. Several years ago, my stepfather was told that his entire bladder was full of a tumor, that it was likely cancer. It sounded really bad. But our family and many others, we began to pray, and we asked the Lord for healing And when he went in several weeks later for his procedure, there was nothing there. It was miraculous healing. Our God certainly does work in this way at times. And we love these amazing and dramatic stories, and we praise God for them as we should But even my friend who was delivered instantly from years of addiction has to walk obediently out his new life that he'd been given. Even my stepfather has to walk from the miracle obediently believing and living in his healing. And I think Jesus is giving This man, a next step of obedience. Because all healing starts in the same place. Stand up, take up your mat, and walk. I'm guessing he probably felt something in his legs for the first time. Maybe maybe he felt strength go into his muscles in that instant. But even then, he had to choose to move them. He had to respond to Jesus' command. His brain had to believe that he could and then tell his muscles and his ligaments and his bones and his nerves to do what they do. And he had to stand up and walk. He had to believe he was healed and then obediently live from that healing. Because I think... Friends, deep down, this is really a question of identity. When you've been one way for so long, you start to see yourself as only that. And it becomes really hard to imagine yourself another way. I've heard Pastor Craig Groeschel talk about this this way. Imagine that you've been a smoker for many years many years but you've decided to quit it's been going pretty well but one day you're at work and while you're on the break you decide to go outside and get some fresh air and while you're out getting fresh air a co-worker walks up and says hey do you want a cigarette there's a couple ways you can answer that question one is no thanks I'm trying to quit or You could say, no thanks, I don't smoke. The second response indicates a change in perspective. That you no longer see yourself as a smoker. You're something different now. Do you want to be healed? Then you have to change your perspective You've likely heard the phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. When I I hear that phrase, I think of my friend Rudy. This is uh, Rudy and Thelma. For years, Rudy believed that he had done too many bad things, that Jesus wasn't for him. And I remember the day of Rudy's baptism after he had finally surrendered to Jesus in his mid-80s. And I'll never forget, as Rudy came up out of the water, he had his arms up like this, and he was pumping his fists like that at 80, mid-80s, changing his whole life. And I remember not long after that, Rudy telling me, I've always believed that you couldn't teach an old dog new tricks, and that may be true. But God doesn't need to teach an old dog new tricks. He just makes them into a new dog. Powerful, powerful. Once we've surrendered our lives to Jesus and he's done his healing work in us, God doesn't see us in our brokenness. He sees us as whole. He sees us as brand new dogs. We're brand new dogs. Creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. If you are in Christ, you, friend, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I don't know about you, but I'm so So thankful for that truth. I am not the man I once was. By the grace of God, thank you, Jesus. I'm a new creation. And I'm being healed still day by day. You know, the man's physical healing was instant in that moment. And I believe he turned his eyes to Jesus and he he received his eternal spiritual healing as well. But my guess is that there was daily spiritual and emotional and mental healing that was a process for him. Healing can be a process. Sometimes it's instant. It's always miraculous because it comes from the hand of God who loves you and I more than we can ever understand. But many times it happens over days and weeks and months and years and decades as we learn to live in the healing that we are actively receiving from our Father in heaven. And in the process there will be good and there will be hard. But as a wise person once prayed for me, don't miss what he has for you in the hard. In the days following my father's death, someone prayed that prayer for me. Father, don't let Jeremy miss anything you have for him in the midst of this hard that he's experiencing right now. A profound prayer that I didn't understand at 17, and yet it changed my life. Because God often does his deepest, most important work in us in the midst of the hardest times of our lives. And this man we read about in John, in the heart, he had to respond in obedience and stand up and walk, and his body was healed. And yet my guess is that the healing that you and I can't, couldn't physically see in that man was a process that he walked out for the rest of his days. I would imagine it was so easy for him to slip back into his old ways of thinking. He probably had many times where he would start to believe the old lies of his worthlessness, of not having anything to offer. He not only had to physically stand up and walk But he had to learn to walk in his new identity as a son of the king. And you and I have to do the same thing. Do you want to be healed? You have to change your perspective. Learn to see yourself the way that God sees you. And to live from a place of confidence and joy and wholeness and obedience as a son or daughter of the king. So in Matthew 3, we can read about Jesus' baptism, and it says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Church, this is before Jesus' ministry. This is before his miracles. This is before he'd done anything to earn or deserve a statement like this from his Father in heaven. And look for a second at what God said. It's a statement of acceptance, of love, and of approval. It had nothing to do with anything Jesus had done up to that point. And God says this to you You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. He loves you and He is so pleased with you. You know, how we live our lives is influenced by how we see ourselves. We either live from from God's acceptance, love, and approval, or we live out of the need for acceptance, love, and approval. And for you who have surrendered your lives to Jesus, you have declared, I do want to be healed. So don't live out of the need for approval live confidently and joyfully from his approval. Don't live out of the need to be accepted, but rather from the, from the fact that God has already accepted you as his own and his approval, his love, his acceptance. They are sealed for you forever. Change your perspective. Live like you are His. Live like you're loved. Live like you're accepted. If you want to be healed, live in your healing. Live in your new identity. If your identity is not secure, you will accept anything to fill that void. When you don't know your God-given identity you will be willing to accept so many other identities that come your way. Jesus loved the man at the pool before he was healed. He loved him enough to offer him healing. It wasn't contingent on his accomplishments. It wasn't contingent on what he would do after he was healed or what he wouldn't do. Later in verse 14, It says, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. Now, this is a hard verse, but I don't believe that Jesus says this because somehow his love for the man or the man's worth was contingent on him not sinning. Sin can't keep us from God's love. It can't keep us from God's grace. But it can drive a wedge between us and God's best for our lives. And so I think Jesus is telling him live from your identity as my son. Don't go back to the old way. Don't believe the lies. I want what's best. For you, but sin can keep you from experiencing my best for you. Jesus offers us a new way to live. But too many times, friends, we choose to get back down on the ground and lay back on our mats. Don't go there, live the abundant life that your Father in heaven has for you. So recently, one of our our brothers passed away after a long battle with cancer, Russell Smith. A number of you knew Russell, uh, though he'd only been a part of our church with his wife Cynthia for for a little over a year. I didn't know him well, but I had the joy of praying with him during prayer response time, getting to visit with Ian and Cynthia every now and then. I learned that he faced some really hard things in life. He'd been married twice before Cynthia and experienced the loss of both his first and second wives. Hard to imagine. (laughs) And one of the things I knew was that Russell wanted to be healed. And over the last year, many of us who knew him witnessed his healing. Now, Russell was asking for a physical healing from cancer. But I think he also came to understand that there was an even deeper spiritual healing that was more important. And over the last year, we saw him take steps toward his Heavenly Father. And day by day, he received this deep spiritual healing, even as his physical body was failing. And ultimately, Russell surrendered his life to Jesus. At Russell's memorial, his family shared a journal entry about him coming for prayer at prayer response time for the first time, which was a huge step of faith for him. He also wrote an entry about choosing to raise his hands in worship for the first time and the anxiety that he felt worried that everybody was looking at him. And then the peace that God gave him that it didn't matter. He was growing tremendously while he was dying. He was being healed spiritually while his body faded away. I want to share a journal entry he wrote just days before he passed. So I'm standing in the shower, hot water just pouring down on me. I decided to ask God for my miracle. See, I'd listened to a sermon months ago about prayer, that it's okay to tell God what you need. Well, it really wasn't an asking prayer. It was more of a, I need it now prayer. So here goes, God, I need a miracle. No, I want a miracle and I want it now. Show all of your people, you still are the healer and redeemer. Just think how great it will be when everyone knows that you still can completely heal us all. I feel I deserve this healing. As a son of Jesus Christ, I expect you will heal me immediately. I had a vision, thoughts flooding my head faster than the water coming down in the shower of my first and second wives, of our lives together, of how much we got to do and experience and what a true miracle it was to be a part of their lives. Then it flashed to the lady in my life now and these words ran through my head. Where do you think she came from? I sent her. Thoughts kept coming like a flood of my three great kids with small glimpses of our past, pouring in baseball, basketball, Beach trips, playing in the rain. It was like snapshots in time just whisking by. Standing there with all these memories crashing in got me a little because I didn't understand the meaning of it. Then the thoughts and memories of my grandbabies rushed on me, and it hit hard. Tears were streaming down my face as I stood there, and I heard a voice in my head. Were not all these people truly a miracle And as I stood there, I realized I've been given miracles my whole life. I just didn't see them that way. That God still does great works in our lives, and he gives us miracles, and he talks with us. We just have to ask, or in my case, demand what we want. Clearly, for me, he is still listening. Friends, do you want to be healed? Our brother Russell did, and he was. Physically, he was set free from cancer. Spiritually, he has received all the fullness of the healing that Jesus offers each one of us. And today, friends, he's more alive than you and I. He's more alive than ever before. Walking, in the eternal, abundant life that Jesus promises you and I? Do you want to be healed? Let's ask God for healing together. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. I'm gonna start, I ask you to start the prayer. Take a minute and ask God for the healing that you need. If you don't know, then ask him to show you where you might need healing today. So, Father, we we just ask that you would heal us in all the places in our hearts and in our lives where we need it most. Would you make us whole? Would you help us be and live as the people you've created us to be your sons, your daughters? In whom you are well pleased. Would you help us embrace our new identities as your children? And would you protect us from the lies that pull us back from that new reality? Would you heal us, Father? We're grateful for your love, we're grateful for your mercy. And we just ask for your blessing today. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray.